Welcome to The Power of Digital Policy, a show that helps digital marketers, online communications directors, and others throughout the organization balance out risks and opportunities created by using digital channels. Here's your host, Christina Podner. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to The Power of Digital Policy. Ever since I started using Grammarly's writing assistant over a year ago, my professional life has profoundly changed. I no longer have pesky typos or awkward phrases in my writing. I'm so delighted by the AI-enabled suggestions of how to rewrite my sentences to sound smarter, more powerful, and readable, that it made me wonder about Grammarly in the business context and how you can use the tool within your organization to ensure tone of voice and consistently apply writing policies to a distributed content creation workforce. So I invited Dorian Stone, who's the general manager of business at Grammarly, to tell me more about the tool and how the company is multiplying the value of field marketing. Let's take a listen to the conversation Dorian and I had around all things Grammarly and how the company allows you to really change the business content space and do it for the better. Dorian, thank you for stopping by and joining me on The Power of Digital Policy. It's great to have you here today. It's great to be here. Thank you. You know, one of the first things I would like to do is actually have you tell us a little bit more about Grammarly because I've actually been an avid individual user of Grammarly. I know other people have heard of Grammarly, but a lot of people don't understand that Grammarly has an entire business aspect to it. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. And first, thank you for uh, being a Grammarly user. Um, happy to. Uh, so Grammarly, for those that aren't familiar, Grammarly has been around for over 10 years. Uh, and our mission uh, from the very beginning and continues to, to improve lives by improving communication. Um, we have uh, been fortunate enough to uh, be adopted uh, now globally with over 25 million uh, daily users. And uh, we do one thing and one thing only, and we try to do it exceptionally well, which is helping folks communicate their ideas effectively uh, in written communication. Our belief uh, in Gremley's uh, efforts have always been uh, based on the idea that uh, humans have a tremendous amount of potential uh, in coming up with ideas and, and uh, wanting to uh, connect with each other and so on. Uh, but the communication is difficult. Uh, it requires context. Uh, it is fraught with uh, misunderstandings. And if we can make that more effective for individuals, we can improve their lives. Uh, as Grammarly has grown, uh, what we found uh, that more and more people were taking us to work with them. And uh, when we inquired as to exactly why that was, is because the uh, benefit that we brought to improving their communication was helping them do better in their jobs and helping them get ahead in the world. And in so doing, it was actually fulfilling our mission. What we then realized was that the individual uh, benefits that we bring uh, were just a small portion of the total benefits that we bring. And Grammarly Business was born to improve business performance by improving communication. And that is getting groups of individuals, teams, departments, and entire companies uh, to more effectively communicate and thereby be able to work better with each other, with their customers, vendors, and so on. And so a few years ago, we formalized that effort uh, and started to build a product for businesses. And today, uh, Grammarly Business is a uh, an offer that we have uh, that is differentiated from our individual offers with a series of features that bring a lot of value. And uh, and we are fortunate to uh, be getting a pretty strong response from the market. So one of the key things that I see in many organizations, especially digital marketing teams, is they try to, I, I guess, get the tone and the voice of their content just 
right. They try to somehow extend that over the enterprise, if you will, and all content uh, creators. Can you maybe talk to me a little bit about, you know, what is the world of AI powered business tools look like for the digital workers? Because we're always so concerned about the external customer, but the internal content producer is also a customer of the enterprise, if you will. So how do they interact with Grammarly? How do they actually become enabled to kind of do what I think of as more value added work? Um, so Grammarly's uh, so Grammarly's AI powered writing assistant uh, brings a ton of value both to internal and external communications. And uh, so, and, and as you can imagine, one of the one of the primary reasons that organizations come to us is they're looking to drive a consistency in addition to an improvement in the uh, effectiveness of the communication that they have with customers and internally. One of the things that we have uh, that we offer with Grammarly Business is a style guide. And that style guide is largely a custom uh, custom dictionary with the terminology that an organization would like to see used consistently, whether it be brand names, product names, and so on, or whether it be terminology that reinforces culture. For example, uh, it is uh, very common in internal communications for some uh, team members to refer to their colleagues as employees and others to refer to them as team members and so on. Uh, whether or not you decide to uh, use the term employees or team members can actually be a very important cultural decision. Uh, and, and ensuring that it's consistently used in the right way can have cultural impact. And so organizations, both in terms of in talking to customers as well as uh, with employees communicating with each other, want to find that, that consistency that's also on brand. Similarly, the way that we communicate imparts, as you mentioned earlier, a tone. And that tone has a feeling that, that's left behind regardless of what the content itself is. Some brands want their tone to be playful. Other brands want their tone to be uh, very formal. Uh, and so another thing that, that we that Grammarly provide is an ability for organizations to understand the tone of the communication that's going out and for those that are sending those communications, writing those communications hundreds of thousands of times per day, ensure that if there's any tone that's concerning, that that's flagged before a message gets sent versus finding out uh, with the response maybe being suboptimal uh, from the recipient. And, and those, are two, those are two areas that we focus on uh, that our product uh, monitors and provides uh, service to the writer on in real time as they are writing to ensure that things are both on brand and on culture uh, in actual terminology and uh, tone and style. So how does, you know, how, how do I think, how should we think about this, I suppose, with, um, with regards to the style guide, right? Because you actually have, you know, a lot of power with this AI. So it can also understand not just the style guide that we create, it can probably start to learn when it's appropriate to adopt a different style, when we might actually use a different tone. For example, uh, let's say that I'm in sales and I'm trying to ask my colleague out to lunch. It's going to be a very different tone. It's going to be a different set of verbiage versus let's say that I'm communicating with a client that I'm selling to and they just had a death in the family, which is going to probably be a very different tone of different set of words. And you actually have the ability to not just ingest the style guide and apply it, right? But you actually have AI and machine learning behind the scenes that can actually learn when it's appropriate to suggest uh, alternatives. So how do you actually train your AI? How does that piece work? I think there's two questions uh, in what you asked. Let me, let me just take each one. I think the first one is, um, how, do we, uh, how do we actually provide guidance to our users, and uh, whether it be individuals or department leaders that are looking at their teams, uh, around uh, 
the right way to position things given what they're trying to accomplish. Uh, and the second is then how do we get smarter at doing that uh, from a product's perspective? Let me break those two things up. The first one, uh, we actually, uh, we try not to do all the thinking for the individual. Uh, in fact, we consider ourselves a write, an AI-powered writing assistant with the word assistant being very important to us. Uh, we want to help the user uh, identify what it is they're trying to accomplish and then make suggestions for that user to get to their goal more effectively. So in addition to things that may be more rule-based, as we talked about specific terminology uh, and or things that are flagged, like the tone and being able to look at the tone that a piece is going out with and, and uh, flag whether or not the tone sounds joyful or understanding or uh, aggressive and so on. We also uh, ask the, the user and provide information to the user to say, what are they trying to accomplish? Are they trying to convince somebody of something? Or are they trying to simply communicate something? Um, and do they have a preference of coming off as a more formal or informal uh, um, communicator in that specific uh, message or specific piece of their writing? And in doing so, um, that allows us to understand the context and the intent that you know, is, not, is really inside that person's mind, right, of what they're doing. Uh, and so we take that information and then that information informs the type of assistance that we provide as we are helping uh, make suggestions to improve uh, what they're writing. <clears throat> I think the second part of your question, Ben, is you know, how do we get better? The first thing to note is that, you know, Grammarly as an AI writing assistant, uh, writing assistance is all we do. Uh, and, uh, and we do it with our mission in mind at all times, which is improving people's lives through improving communication. Uh, we also, it's important to note, uh, when we think about how to uh, improve our algorithms, what have you, we start from a very, very uh, values-based orientation uh, and a very strong data privacy stance uh, as well as security stance. Um, and, and that's important to note. Um, we, uh, we are fortunate to have a, a very active and very supportive uh, customer base. Um, that uh, that we learn from uh, as you know, 25 plus million people uh, use the product every single day, and we uh, and we use that experience with those users to train our algorithms real time. So algorithms are getting better every day. In addition to additional features uh, that we are adding, and that that's actually super exciting for us. Um, uh, and that's the primary place that uh, that our learning takes place. Yeah, they're quite impressive. Actually, I, I I get excited when somebody is moving as fast as Grammarly is, and yet you're paying attention to data privacy and to data safety, two things that oftentimes are not used as marketing uh, traits of a company, but it's something that you proudly put out front and it's obviously part of your culture. Um, you know, I'm kind of curious, just because a lot of our listeners are in organizations where those things are, are important, but they're oftentimes lip services. It's not very common to see organizations put privacy and security at the forefront of their communications. How did you get that adopted into your culture and how does everybody live and breathe that? Is that something that just was there from the start of the company? Is it a management value? Like how does that actually culturally get embedded? You know, I've, I observed Grammarly for far longer than, than I've been with Grammarly. Um, uh, and the thing that I, the first thing that I would say is the founders, uh, and CEO of Grammarly are, um, I think just inherently, I think that it's in their DNA. Some of the most values driven folks I, I've ever met. Um, and, uh, and when you have, uh, people starting an organization who day to day live a values first life, 
they build an organization to reflect that. And, um, and today, the way that that's manifest after 10 years is uh, we take, uh, we, we will actually take real time and energy and in every week um, to reinforce not just data privacy, but the reason why that's so important, which is the underlying values of the organization. So, for example, we, uh, we believe, and I personally believe, that uh, living a values-first um, life uh, in building a company is not just the right thing to do, but it's actually the only way to do it right. And, uh, and in doing so, uh, we wire uh, a values-based uh, levels of assessments as well as uh, retrospectives and learnings and so on into everything from uh, the way that we recruit and hire to the way that we evaluate individual performance to the way that we actually make managerial decisions that might have real trade-offs. Um, I'm you know, very proud of um, the fact that we have left some key roles open because while we found people that may have had the right resume or the technical capabilities, we didn't think the values fit was the right one. Um, and uh, even though it was painful to leave these key roles open, we did so because we believe that finding the right values fit and building the right values is just more important than, um, than filling a hiring need that may be critical in the moment. Uh, similarly, we uh, make real trade-offs, uh, trade-offs that, uh, you know, we, we are willing to make uh, growth and related trade-offs based on what we think is the right way to behave. And we make those trade-offs regularly. I personally have uh, proposed uh, things that would, uh, that I thought were the right way to do something, even though they were a suboptimal uh, near-term growth path uh, from the standpoint of just the numbers. And there wasn't even a debate. <laughs> it's just sort of, like, of course, that's what we're going to do. And I think, you know, my experience, having worked across a number of organizations, consulted in a previous life across a number of organizations, there are a lot of fine organizations out there. Uh, but in this respect, I think that Grammarly is, um, is really exceptional. Uh, and, and, you know, you don't know if you're exceptional or not until it actually causes pain to follow your values. And, uh, and we, endure, we endure that regularly. And, and in doing so, uh, we only reinforce uh, the importance of those values and the adherence to them. Well, I think that that comes through very much in your product, um, but I do know that it's a hard tightrope to walk, right? It's very easy to kind of pay lip service to values, uh, much harder to live them every day, uh, but it is quite impressive. And, and like I said, I think it's visible in the products and it comes across to the consumers. And so if you can't tell, I'm, I'm a Grammarly cheerleader for everybody listening, but it, it really is a great product um, and I'm not getting paid uh, to, to interview you today. Um, you know, you personally are a pioneer in the global customer experience space. So I'm not surprised that you've come to a value-driven company because I think that you definitely are uh, one of uh, the folks at the forefront, really, of this. I'm, I'm kind of curious, just now that you're working on the enterprise technology solution side of things, do you see organizations starting to think about the customer experience more so for their own staff and not just making it an exclusive offering for paying customers? I mean, you very much are focused on the enterprise and enabling the enterprise. So is that where everybody should be focused in 2021, 2022? Uh, first of all, those are very kind words. Thank you. Um, I uh, am absolutely passionate about customer experience, uh, but moreover, um, I believe that customer experience, employee experience and engagement and shareholder returns uh, are not trade-offs. 
Um, they're actually synergies when you do things in the right way. And, uh, and that's the kind of, and that's one of the mindsets that we're bringing to that Grammarly business as we build it out. Um, I, uh, you know, as we work with enterprise organizations, uh, there are a couple of things that, that we are finding that are pretty phenomenal, um, in terms of the impact that we're seeing the product have today. But also as we look forward, um, I actually want to make, I, I want to make a few predictions slash bets. Uh, and I encourage you to, to come back and hold me accountable. <laughs> I'll do that. About to say. <laughs> yes. So the first thing is, um, yeah, I, I think that as organizations, uh, look at human experience, whether it be employee, customer, even, you know, vendor and partner, I think what we're going to find is working back, uh, from, uh, from, uh, from each of those stakeholders, uh, in the lens of the stakeholder to improve uh, the experience for the stakeholder is going to reap huge benefits uh, for organizations. Uh, you know, too often what we end up doing is we end up kind of getting in our own way. And it's because we have so much stuff going on that we kind of forget uh, who the center of the world is. And that's the person we're solving for, whether it be the customer, the employee, or the member. And, uh, and I, and moreover, I don't think that we're in a world of trade-offs today. I think we're in a world where we can improve our productivity for shareholder gains. We can improve our customer experience, um, and we can improve employee engagement and our employee experience. And, and I'll give you a few examples of that. Um, uh, we, for example, uh, in, in a, a large support organization, um, let's say it's a department, a support department of a fortune 500 or, it's a outsourcer that has that is supporting multiple Fortune 500s with some outsourced support function. What we find is that Grammarly uh, is able to unlock both double-digit improvements in productivity and double-digit improvements in customer satisfaction. And in doing so, as we survey the employees that are using Grammarly, they are reporting much higher levels of engagement and, frankly, thankfulness to their management for giving them a tool that allows them to do their job better. Right, all that intent that they show up with in the morning, like they want, they they show up, they want to feel like they're doing a good job. They want the tools to be able to do a good job. And here's a tool that allows them to do a good job because it Grammarly is an AI writing assistant. It's providing assistance, and in doing so, it's translating into better shareholder and customer outcomes. And I I think that what we're going to find in 2021 is companies are quickly going to realize that one of the single largest cost items they have is not on the P and L, but it's actually the ineffective and suboptimal communication that happens in the final mile. We put all this effort into ideating something we want to communicate, whether it be at the macro level of brand strategy and positioning to the micro level of a ticket being resolved in a support function. But a lot of energy goes into what we want to get across and the infrastructure to be able to get it across. And in that final mile, a lot of things can break down because the final miles were at the greatest risk of different people with different styles um, communicating in different ways, missing each other in terms of context. And when we solve for that final mile, we actually have so much, uh, there's so much opportunity for improvement that we actually don't need to worry about the trade-offs of employee versus customer versus shareholder. And I would go in addition to saying, so far as to say it's the, I, the single largest uh, line item that you can't find on the P&L today that's costing businesses. I would say any organization of any scale outside of the manufacturing floor I would put $1,000 of my own money on finding double-digit productivity improvements from simply focusing on the final mile of communication that is enabled by all these other investments that we've made that are fantastic. Um, but that, that has been a blind spot for organizations and in fixing it, uh, organizations will be able to uh, avoid trade-offs for this foreseeable future while improving benefits for everybody. And so that final mile, 
oftentimes, statistically, is in English. But oftentimes it's actually in Mandarin or in Hindi or in Spanish, just based on the languages the world speaks today. What are your plans for internationalization and, you know, diversifying beyond English? Currently, we are uh, an English-only product that Grammarly provides uh, AI writing assistance in English. Uh, and uh, we have, uh, we've been fortunate to have a very significant success, but uh, we are just at the beginning chapter, the, the early chapters of that story. And, and so we're saying we're focused on that story. Now, it's also important to note that Grammarly and Grammarly Business have as I'd mentioned, 25 million plus daily users all over the world. So uh, we are uh, helping people uh, whose first time, uh, the first language might be other than English. Uh, and we're excited to do that. Uh, but what we're principally focused on uh, for the foreseeable future is uh, helping those uh, folks write in English and communicate in English. All right. Well, I think that um, we're a bit out of time, unfortunately, here, but uh, I have to say, Dorian, you know, there's so much to discover still about Grammarly business and about Grammarly in general that I didn't know. So really, really appreciate you taking the time. You obviously uh, were named one of the most competitive leaders of AI writing assistance software. And I think that uh, we'll look forward to seeing where that takes you in 2021, but exciting times ahead at the very least. Thank you for joining The Power of Digital Policy. To sign up for our newsletter, get access to policy checklists, detailed information on policies, and other helpful resources, head over to thepowerofdigitalpolicy.com. If you get a moment, please leave a review on iTunes to help your digital colleagues find out about the podcast.